0: Did everybody have a good week? Seven people had a good week, the rest of you don't know, okay. i right. tell you, it's been an interesting week for me, actually it's been interesting about ten days for me. I've told some people about this, if you were here two Wednesdays ago for Crosspoint, and you were in our sanctuary adult group, you heard me kind of share a prayer quest for a guy named Nicholas, and I told the story behind it, and Really, it's been going on since then, this really interesting interaction I've been having. I want to tell you all about this. I won't tell all the background of how it came to be, but really, for the past about 10 days, I've been going back and forth, um, chatting online with a guy in Finland, trying to witness to him, and it's kind of strange how it came to be, um, but nonetheless, it was an awesome experience, and this guy started asking questions. And what I didn't get to tell some of the ones who've heard about this, I didn't get to tell you the rest of it. It's actually opened up two more conversations, one for a guy in Seattle and the other for a guy up in a very northern Israel um, who's not a believer at all. And so one conversation has spurred two more. And so my days have been kind of interesting because I've been coming to the office and then I'll see you, uh, on this little online chat messaging board a, a question left for me. And then I'll type a response, and back and forth we go over the Lord. It's been awesome. But this guy that I've been talking with, uh, Nicholas, again, is his name. He's a 20-year-old guy in in Finland. Uh, Not a believer, but, again, he's seeking the Lord. And it has been quite an interesting experience, some of the questions I've gotten from him and the back and forth that we've had trying to talk about the Lord. Now, Nicholas comes from one part of the world that is extremely atheistic and he's coming out of teenage years again he's 20 years old he doesn't have a family I mean he's not married and have kids he doesn't really have a career yet just kind of working odd jobs he's um you know not even school yet he's just kind of figuring his way out from life he again 20 years old that's kind of that that place you're on you know just on the edge of realizing that you don't know everything that you thought you did when you were, you know, a teenager. But so you still got some things to figure out. But he's he's seeking, he's questioning, he's he's asking. And that's a that's a really good thing. But the conclusions he's come to about his own journey of faith and spirituality, it's it's kind of some odd stuff. You know, he started our conversation with just asking. What do you think of God and religion? I'm like, "Oh boy, you know, this is going this is that's how do you answer that, you know, very easily? It's a such broad topic with easy chance to um, not get a clear picture across." And I said, well, "Well, let's not talk about religion." And he had this real hang up about religion of all the bad things done. I said, "It's not about religion, it's about relationship. Relationship with the one true living God." And I started to probe and ask some questions of Nicholas and where he was with his belief. And, man, some of the things he was saying seemed like he was kind of where I am. Some of his statements, you could almost line it up to a, a passage in Scripture. But something wasn't right. In fact, I noticed as he was talking about God, every time he was typing, he put little g. Now, I'm thinking, okay, he's typing real fast on the Internet, and he's just you know, worry about capitalization. And I'm always making sure, I put my big G when I talk about God, because I want to know it is a true God. I'm not talking about gods, I'm not talking about idols, I'm not talking about anything made up. I'm talking about God, the one true God. And he keeps putting that little G. And finally he just comes out and he says, we disagree. And he says, I see God as me. And I see God as that person. And one of his statements he wrote this is, God is me, God is you, God is That dog, God is that rock, God is everywhere and nowhere, He is everything and nothing. It's just this very kind of humanistic existentialism kind of idea of, yeah, God is there, but it's really just we all have some kind of God in us. And if we can just get in connection with that, you know, very much not a, you know, that is God and I am not. In fact, I said that to him one point. I tied back and I said, Yeah, there's a big difference in I believe in God, big G. But one thing I'm sure of, God is God, and I am not Him. You know, and there's a big difference in there. That, I mean, he may—he's on some topics and some issues of I agree with, and he's seeking for truth, and he's not even anti-Jesus. He's talking about Jesus, and yeah, he was a good example. He was a good teacher. Even the people when Jesus was living said, "Oh, yeah, you're just a good teacher. You're a prophet. All this," but not God. You know, he was saying, Jesus is just a good example of what it means to find the spirituality within you. Seeking the truth, but is that truth, friends? No. Now, I've really been struggling with these conversations back and forth. I'm going, how can you kind of come to some of these conclusions? I'm hearing this young man's heart and all these things he's saying and he's talking about God. And he's really in this place of wanting to find truth. And he's really open to a lot of things. He's, you know, what, even what the Bible says and other places, he's open to it. But he keeps coming to this conclusion of, I am God. All of us are God. And it just, and I'm struggling. Why would you see that? The Bible lays out such clear things and that you are not God. And I keep saying, how do you get to this? Well, I was, again, praying for Nicholas this week, thinking about this. And I was reading some passages that just reminded me of what's going on in his life, but it's really not about what's just going on in his life, it's what's going on in so many people's lives, is when we trade in God for a lie. When we take the almighty God, creator of all things, the one who desires to have a personal relationship with you and me, and we trade him in for God, little g. We trade him in for something lesser, something from our own creation. We trade, exchange God, for a lie. And friends, I'm going to tell you in case you're not aware, this is what's happening in so many people's lives right now in their journey to understand the great mysteries of this world and life and understand if there's God, they're exchanging God and replacing God with a lie. But it's not again just about those as Scripture reminds us, we can even do the same thing. I want us to look at this passage that reminds us of that this morning of how how bad it is when we start to lessen God, when we start to exchange God and take something of our own creation, our own decision, and exchange God for a lie. We're going to look at Romans, the book of Romans this morning in chapter one, verses 18 through 25. You can open your Bible, look on the screen this morning as it tells us these wonderful words, these great reminders of what it is to hold God in high regard. It says this, starting in verse 18, "The wrath of God is being revealed. From heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Listen to this. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And they claimed to be wise, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Look at verse 25. This is where it really hits us. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Say it with me. Amen. And that verse, and we're going to just leave that verse up this morning because it tells us really the truth of what's going on. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. I know of almost no more heartbreaking sentence than that right there. Exchange the truth about God for a lie. And worship and serve created things instead of a creator. You know, this passage starts out with this kind of reminder of nobody's without excuse. Because God has made himself known. Even through awesome ways like just creation. There's always been this question of, what are those people who haven't had a preacher show up to them? What about those who don't have the Bible? What about those who don't know the name of God or the the name Jesus? What about those people? Well, says so nobody's that excuse because even since the beginning of creation, God has chosen ways to reveal himself to man. Uh, last night, we, uh, um, the family and I, we went out to... Uh, Dinosaur Valley State Park, 7 o'clock at night was dark, they had a star party. Um, we, this was for Penny's birthday yesterday, her 41st birthday. We went out there and took the family and had a good time. Uh, we had one that, little Parker, has been a little bit under the weather. That's why they're home this morning, but we kind of kind of kept them away from everybody. Uh, but we had planned on this. We went out there, and they had some students from University of Texas who brought up their telescopes and had set it up to look at different things in the night sky. And it was a great night for it. Clear, the moon was just barely showing. So I mean, it's got nice and dark out there. Um, every, everything was great out there except for the cedars. We had the worst allergy attack of our lives last night in the midst of all this. Other than that, it was great. We had the telescope set up and you know just point up at some of the most amazing constellations. They had the, in one telescope they had the Orion Nebula, which they had this looks like uh, just a cloud basically up among the stars. They said so this is where the stars are born. You know this is the beginning of some of the stars you see out in the, the night sky. And it was really incredible to go look at that. But really what was awesome is the boys, when they put their eye up to the telescope, I think they their reaction is what God intended. Because they go, you know, they're looking up already at the night sky. It's beautiful. We saw a couple shooting stars. But you look at that telescope and you get a closer and more defined look than you can just get with your eye. And the boys would put their eyes up to it and they would just go, wow, you know, I mean, they're just, I mean, amazed. I mean, just amazed at what they see. You going—that that is just mind-boggling. And we look at these things, like creation, in so many other ways, and, and we say, there is no God. Scripture says, the fool says in their heart, there is no God. I mean, just, just open your eyes to creation. And since, long before, since we are ever alive, people could look at the creation, look at the stars, look at the earth. I mean, you've been in those moments where you're just looking at the things that are made, and you're going, wow, how was that even possible besides the fact that there is a creator? And if one thing I know is I am not that creator. I can't make that beautiful sunset. I can't put the stars up in the sky. I cannot do that. A creator did. And God has been making himself known since the beginning of creation. Now think about this. This is one of the awesome reminders about God. God could have been just a God that says, I'm going to create the world, I'm going to set it spinning and leave it alone. I'm just going to sit back like a science experiment and watch what happens. I don't want you to know about me because I am God and you are just these little... These ants, this creation I made, I'm so much bigger. I'm over here, you're over there. But our God, the God, the creator, is so awesome and so loving that he had the power to hang the, the sun and the moon in the sky and create all the things that we know, and he still says, I want you to know me. Consider that for a moment. The most awesome God, perfect and holy and good and all these things says, I'm not just going to create you just to see what happens. I'm going to create you and then I want to reveal myself to you because I want you to know me. I mean, that's just awesome, people, that God would want you in a relationship with him. That's called a personal God. I mean, he wants a relationship relationship with you, so much so that He has chosen in many awesome ways to reveal Himself to you. Now, we count ourselves abundantly blessed because not only do we have the stars and the creation, all these things to look at, but He goes beyond that general revelation. He gives us the Word, and He gives the Holy Spirit who gives that special revelation. He is constantly trying to say, I am here, come have a relationship with me. That is our God who wants to do it. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to know him. He wants that relationship. I shared about my friend Nicholas, who I've been witnessing to and praying for. And one of the things he, he described where he changed from when he was a teenager just saying there's no God, there is just, I don't believe in anything. You know, just, we just live this life and we die and that's it. He said one of the experiences that changed him from at least being open there's something else out there. He said he was sitting at a lakefront and he would just, you know, the, the water and the trees and the sunset. And he said, I just try to let go. Now, English isn't his first language, so he had a hard time describing what was going on. But he said he looked at creation, he just looked at all these things, and he, and he kind of was trying to, struggling through describing this experience that he had. That he, he kind of touched on something that was bigger than him. And then he says, well, that just means I finally kind of got out of my own way enough. And I kind of, I got into the, that inner me, that, that God that is in me. And I just said, love you, brother, but that's not what happened. <laughs> I said, you did touch on something awesome and supernatural and beyond your existence. You touched on God, not you. You, you got kind of, you got the flavor, you got the scent, you got the, the little glimpse of who God is in that moment. Because you did start to let go of all that other stuff. You did begin to seek. You were open to it. And God began to reveal. But what happened? What do these verses tell us? It so said God revealed himself. He is showing even in creation. It says, but then you go trade it in. It, it, it was said in the verse, it said, how many of you have gone and taken the things of creation and then gone and made your, your own little idol? And they talked about you made things that look like not God, but man and animals and all these things. You wanted to look like what you understood. You took this awesome God who's trying to reveal himself and you said, boom, here's this little thing. This thing that I can control, this thing that I want. And I still, as I'm looking at this, I know it happens. I see it happen all the time, but I go, why would anybody do this? It kind of boggles my mind as I start to think about why. Would anybody begin to just, if they are open to the things of God, and God begins to speak and begins to reveal, and they begin to see that there is something beyond themselves, why would anybody then go, let me go create my own little God? Whether it's a physical thing or not. Let me go make my idol. Let me go take this thing that looks like me and the things I understand. Why? Well... I think I begin to touch on the answer. You know, I told you this conversation I've had back and forth over the past week and a half. You know, one topic that keeps coming up, I keep getting asked the question about morality. I've been asked to define what is good, what is bad, what is truth, what is not, what is evil. You know, again, big questions to deal with, but the question keeps coming back up. I'm trying to show you from a seeker's perspective. Someone who hasn't grasped the truth yet, but is seeking. It keeps coming back to morality. And Here's the interesting thing about it. This friend of mine who's trying to struggle with who is God, if he says, I am God and you are God and that thing is God and we're all God, there is no morality, right? Because God is everything and nothing and all truth and not truth and all this nonsense, right? And so there is no morality. You just get to decide for yourself what is good. Do you hear me? In fact, I heard that sentence. I mean, I saw that sentence right now. You get to decide. You get to decide what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. Now do you see the problem? You get to decide what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. The reason people trade in God for God, little g, for however they want to do it, is this so they can decide for themselves how they're going to live. I'm going to trade in awesome creator God who says, I want to get to know you, but when we realize the terms of the deal, we say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to take a God that I'm comfortable with. See, what I say is when God says, here's the deal, I, I am God, and you are not, and I am holy, and you are not, but I love you, and I want relationship with you. We've got to bridge the gap somehow. I give you my son, Jesus. The sinless man who is also God, lives and dies, sacrificed for you. You give your life to me through his name, and that relationship is formed. But you say, wait a second. I've got to give up my life? i got to give up my right. i got to give up my preferences. No, I'd rather choose a little God. I'd rather make the thing I want to create and I can determine what is right and what is wrong. Remember what Jesus said? Those who try to save their life will do what? Will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake, for my name, will find it. Those who give up and say, all right, it's not about me. Those who go seek the Creator through the Son, Jesus Christ, who give up their rights, who give up, my life is no longer my own. And yes, that means I go serve a God and it says, I am going to do what He says to do. What God says is right and what is wrong, that becomes my right and wrong. What God said is good and what God said is bad, that becomes my good and my bad. But if you don't like God's definitions... If you don't like that God says, this is right and this is wrong. If you don't like that God's going to tell you, here's what you're going to do with your life. If you don't like that God will direct you, then you're going to say, I will choose some other God. I will exchange God for a lie. And I'll make my own image. And I'm going to serve that because that thing is not going to tell me what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. I got to make that decision. Notice in this 25th verse, what does it say? They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And one of those two words there, worshiped and served. Created things rather than the creator. Worshiped and served. And we're not going to get into it too deep this morning, but I'm going to tell you, if you go study in the Bible, you go study the original languages, the the words that are used there in the Greek that was originally written, they're not good words. (laughs) The, what they say for worship, and especially the one that says served, is not a good word. When I say served, actually, the word actually means to be give, render cultic services to. That's what it actually means. To, I mean, be a cultic devotion to something. is to take God and take something else and say, I'm going to go worship that, and I'm going to go serve that. That thing is going to tell me what to do. Because here's what's going on, friends. One of the things God put in us one thing that is in our DNA that comes from God is to worship and serve something. Now we're supposed to worship the one thing, God, but there is this there is this built-in nature, and I say we've got to worship something. If you think I'm wrong? Go turn on the TV to the football games today, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Now I'm not anti-sports, football. I might watch it myself, but there's a difference between. Being involved with something, enjoying something, and worshiping something. Do you get what I'm talking about? It can happen with any number of things. It can happen with that phone you carry around in your pocket. It can happen with that relationship, that boyfriend, that girlfriend. It can happen with that dream job you want to get with the money you have in your bank account. You name it. The thing that you worship and serve, the thing that you get up and you're worried about in the morning, the thing that tells you what to do and where to go, that's what you worship and what you serve. Now, God is reminding us it's supposed to be him. But he's saying so many people trade in God and replace God with a lie and say, I'm going to worship and serve that. Now, some of you this morning are probably thinking, well, Greg, I get what you're saying, but you're talking about those other people. You're talking about those other people who are like this gentleman you're saying, who are seeking the truth but lost, who haven't claimed the name of Jesus who are out there and they're those are the ones who are doing this thing like i'm just trying to explain to you what other people are doing you know if we kept reading in the book of romans it'd say just a few verses later over in chapter two it says for those who you are judging somebody else don't because you do the very same thing (laughs) it says watch out friends so the same thing is going on in your life now what's the difference I'm not trying to say that you are just like every. If you come in here this morning and you say you have made the confession of the name of Jesus Christ, you are saved, you are born again, I'm not saying you act exactly like the person who is not saved. In fact, if you are saved, here's where the difference should lie. It is easy for all of us, even the believer, to go check into the old ways of life and replace God with a lie and start worshiping and serving that. But here's the difference. If I've been washed clean by God... When I get dirty, I know it right think about this you ever you had a hard day's work or been out somewhere and you you know you couldn't shower you couldn't clean up and uh you know some time goes by and you start going whoo man I want to clean up that's what that's what penny does sometimes sometimes guys go oh Greg boy you know go huh, how long has it been you know oh, that's sorry, all right yes dear you know You know when you're not clean. The same thing is true with our relationship with God. When we have been saved, when we have been covered by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, it is like when we begin to accept those things, there's an uneasiness in us. Like you are taking your life that has been saved and redeemed, and you're throwing it back in the trash heap, and you know you're not supposed to be there. In fact, the mark of the Christian is not one who ever refrains from sometimes... Messing up and t- putting that false idol on the life. But the mark of the Christian is one who is recognizing when that happens. And as Scripture tells us, we are becoming more and more like Christ. And so that happens less and less. Right? We are supposed to be being transformed, conformed to the image of Christ with ever-increasing glory, Scripture tells us. That means I be, may be messing up now. But hopefully as I'm growing closer to God, becoming more like him, more of him in me, the less that is happening in my life. The quicker I'm recognizing when I accept something as a lie and I replace God with it and I begin to worship and serve that thing instead of following my Savior. That's, That's what's really going on for us this morning. I wanted you to understand not what, only what some other people are going through. What some people are dealing with is of why, do they, why do they hear the message of God and then just still choose to do their own thing. It's so they can worship and serve what they want. But I want to tell you this. If you come here this morning, and I, I hope that all of you are, and I assume that most of you are, born-again believers in Christ, that you've made that decision, I want you to know that you're not immune to these things. The difference should be you should recognize it, and it should be, you should be uh, letting God have more control of your life it happens less and less as you grow in Him. But that does not mean you are immune to ever worshiping and serving something other than God, that exchanging God for that lie. And in fact, as I talked this morning, you, I bet some of you can recognize places in your life or times in your life. maybe it's happening even now where you've done that very thing. Where that whatever it is, whatever you want to put the label on was that thing that replaced God. And you know it did because when you woke up in the morning, that's what your mind was on. And that thing that was out there so precious to you, that's what told you what to do during the day. That thing can't exist. That that cannot be Lord and Master of your life. Because it is not God. And I love this verse, these verses as a reminder of saying, why would we ever exchange the creator, the almighty, the great I am for a lie? Friends, if you are saved by the blood of Christ, you need to realize and pay, always be paying attention. Am I worshiping and serving him only? I want to share just this one last thing before we go to the time of prayer invitation. You know, I've really been thinking and praying a lot over the past, again, week and a half, as I've had these conversations, this back and forth typing and trying to share Jesus and getting these questions, and especially, again, I said there's now a few people I'm talking to, but especially this young man, Nicholas. My heart's been burned for him. And he's been asking, you know, a lot of um, big questions and the issues I know a lot of people struggle with, and I'm trying to give responses back that make some sense, to try to answer maybe a little bit where he is. I'm trying to make sure I hear his perspective so he doesn't think I'm just coming to, I don't care about anything else about him, but I just, just to preach to him. I want to listen and respond. But I've really been coming to a place of almost an uneasiness of my responses to him. Here's why. It's like I'm almost getting to the place, I want to be very careful, of trying to convince him of something. Like, like the debate back and forth is going to solve it in his mind. I don't mind questions. I don't mind getting into theological issues and all that, but I'm not going to prove it to him because our salvation is not an issue of proof. It's an issue of faith. And so the more I get into it, I <laughs> one thing that's hit me this morning, I want to be like Paul when he wrote in 1 Corinthians He's talking about the message of the cross. He says, I'm going to preach one thing, Christ crucified. And, and to some, it's going to be a stumbling block. To some, it's going to seem like foolishness. But we're going to stand on Christ crucified. And I know we can talk about all the other issues and all the other, all the other questions and wonderings and all this fine. But we cannot get away from Christ crucified who died for my sins, because that's the only way that I get to that awesome creator, God, master of all things, is because Christ was crucified. Because he died for my sins. Because he took the punishment that that was due me. He paid the price so that I could have the relationship with God. God has been trying to reveal himself for all ages, and he says, but you've got to get away to be made righteous in my sight. Here's my son, Jesus, who died for you. Not just died, but then he rose again, defeating death. He, just, he won it. The battle was over then. If you just come through me. So there's no, I don't need to solve this through argument, through human logic, anything else. I may be called a fool, but I will stand up on one thing. Christ crucified, and that is the way of salvation, the one and only name by which we are saved. Really, it's even my battle during the week to make sure that whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm talking about, whoever I'm trying to share the Lord with, that I am worshiping and serving, not something of my creation, but one thing, God, God Almighty, through my relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ. Everything else doesn't matter. Now I hope this morning you, you can um, affirm what I affirm, that God is God and I am not. And God is God and you are not. And that is an awesome thing. That is an awesome, I don't want to be God. Because I am imperfect. <laughs> I mess it up. I, I couldn't even think about how to do all the awesome things God has done. God is God. I am not. But he loves me so much, he's made a way for me to have a relationship with him. Why would I ever exchange that for a lie? So friends, if you know you have that relationship with him this morning, if you know that you've come to that place of peace with God through Christ, it is a daily reminder to say, am I trading in that relationship for a lie? Am I exchanging God for something of my own image so that I can decide what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is bad? Or do you know you're, you are worshiping and serving God Almighty? Friends, if there's something that, is, that you have placed in your life, if you have built that idolatrous, idolatrous image, if you've made that thing to worship and serve that, if God has put on your heart He says, no, I made you clean. Why are you dealing with that ugliness again, that garbage, that trash? Why? Let's fix it today. So that's the awesome thing. God is constantly calling you back. So let's restore just that, that perfection of our relationship. Let's get rid of that stuff. He is speaking to you. He has not only revealed himself to creation, he has sealed that covenant with you through the Holy Spirit. You know that he's speaking to you. But if there's somebody this morning who goes, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. These things of God just sounds like this mystery. I don't know. If you want to know, there's only one way to do it. You will not figure out God on your own. You are not God yourself. You won't just get there one day. Through the way, the truth, and the life, that is Jesus Christ. If you want to understand what that relationship is, to serve and to worship and to know the creator of all things, come, let's talk about Jesus about how he was crucified for you, how he took your punishment, took your sins. Let's talk talk about that. Because then you're going to realize just how awesome God is. Let's pray together this morning. Let's go for the Lord right now and begin to seek him. I'd ask right in this moment as the praise team comes up to begin to lead us uh, in some time of invitation. Right now, you're not worried about anybody else, but would you begin to talk to God right where you are? Would you just go into a time of prayer even in this moment? One, I want you, as you're talking with God, even as I'm speaking, you can be talking with God. You're not worried about anything else but you and God. But as, I do, as you do so, just consider this. One, do you know that you've been saved by the blood of Jesus? Have you made that decision? Well, if you have, rejoice in that for a moment. Just worship God. Right now, you can, you can talk to God over my words. Talk to God and just, just affirm that. Just rejoice in that. Just say thank you. Just know that you have it. If you, have done, if you can point to that time in your life, not that somebody else did it for you, not that you showed up to church enough times, but you have made the decision of faith in Jesus Christ that you know the the, the God of creation. Worship in that for a moment. Just to thank God for that. Just take a moment and affirm that you're not God. That's a, a lot of times that's an awesome time of prayer when we just start admitting to God that we are not Him. Then as you do so, would you just ask God to reveal anything that, he, that you're lying in your life? That's, that's an exchange from him to a lie. Anything that you have made into the image, into, in, into that idol, into that thing that you worship and serve. Maybe you're even unaware of it this morning. Maybe that just in the sneaky way of the enemy, there's been something to come into your life that God does not want there. That you are serving that thing. You are being controlled by that thing. And you haven't paid one bit of attention to it. God has been trying to tell you, would you listen to me? Would you just open yourself up to that for a moment? If your relationship with God through the Son Jesus Christ, if you'll pray to Him in honesty, He will reveal to your heart, there'll be a stirring on your heart right now to say, yes, this is what I've been trying to deal with you on. This is this dirtiness, this unclean garbage that you have been letting in your life, not, not as a little thing, but you have been worshiping this, you've been serving this. And I don't care what it is, but if God reveals it to you, let's deal with that this morning. Jesus Christ so many times talked about how you can't give your life to two different things. You can't go worship that idol. You can't go worship that money, that relationship, that job, that thing that you just love. Some of those things are okay, but not when you begin to worship them and serve them. And God will reveal to you when you're doing that. And if he puts that on your heart this morning, I'm going to... Ask you, do you have the obedience to come forward and deal with it? Because remember, when you came to God, you said, my life is not my own, it belongs to God. He decides what is right and what is wrong, what is good and bad, where I go to the left or go to the right. If he's speaking to you this morning, you're praying to him right now, you're not worrying about any other thing right this moment, are you praying to him right now? If he is revealing to you, you've asked it, and he shows you, are you willing to deal with it this morning? Because remember, he is the one who made the decision if that's good or bad. Are you willing to deal with it? In a moment, after we pray, you can come forward. Whether you need somebody to pray with over that, whether you just want to come as a symbol to God and say, I'm going to come forward and just commit my prayer time right up here at the front. Or whatever God calls you to do, are you willing to do it? And again, I just want, for the last time, I just want to be able to talk to that person maybe this morning who hears of these things, but you don't know of these things. You hear of the relationship with God through Jesus Christ, but you haven't made that decision. You may call it foolishness, I don't know. Maybe it's a stumbling block you hear about Christ crucified. But I'm going to preach that truth anyway. But maybe, maybe this morning, you're going to be just like my friend Nicholas, who's been struggling with this, and you're saying, yeah, my way really hadn't been working out. That's exactly what he said to me. So if your way isn't working, maybe this other way that seems foolish, maybe that is the way. It is. If you don't have the relationship, it's time to say, you know what? My life is not my own. I'm giving it to the Savior Jesus. If you don't know how to do that, if you're wanting to pray, come forth, grab my hand, grab one of the leaders and say, today, I want Jesus. I want a relationship with the Creator through Jesus. We will pray with you. We'll talk with you about what that decision really means. Let's do that today. Don't, Don't pass the opportunity. Let me pray for you this morning, and then you make that decision. Father, we come again into this place thanking you for what you have done what you are doing. God, forgive us in those times when we exchange you for a lie. When we, when we take that thing of the enemy that seems so innocent at first, but we begin just to pour our heart into it, and we begin to worship that thing and serve that thing before we even realize that that's got all our attention, not you. God, don't let us stand in judgment of anybody this morning. That's not what we're talking about. We're reminded that even to, even as we're saved, we have this tendency to get distracted from the one true thing, that is you, and go to other things, Father. And we know that happens, and God, we thank you for your forgiveness and your, your grace that meets us in those moments. But God, we also realize that if we've given our life to you, that we are to become more and more like you. Not that one day we're suddenly perfect, but each day we're moving ever increasing to your glory. God, so for the person who's feeling a struggle with that this morning, who maybe is feeling shame over that this morning, God, let them understand that we've all sinned, we all still mess up, God, but I want you to show them in their life, if it's true, God, how the Spirit is moving on them to recognize those areas and how, it's, how they are coming closer to your glory, how they're doing. God, give affirmation to that. God, for the person who has no peace this morning because they don't know the Prince of Peace, God, I pray that they can't almost even sit still, God, right now, because they know there's something missing. They know they're they're seeing the, seeing you, the Creator. They're experiencing part of it, but they know it's not in completion, not in whole, and it has to come through the Savior. God, I pray that person that they. It's just so on them right now that your voice is speaking to them. You need the Son Jesus, God, that they would not wait, they would not walk, they would run for, God, to say, I need a Savior today. God, we thank you for this opportunity. It is an opportunity, not just to hear your word, but to now do your word. So, God, thank you and move upon us. We pray this by the almighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior.